We're Aaron and Dave Tashin, co-hosts of the Mindful Educators Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Danielle Newfer. She is a teacher wellness coach and she helps time crunch teachers find time for self-care. Today we're talking about her book, The Path of the Mindful Teacher, How to Choose Calm Over Chaos and Serenity Over Stress, One Step at a Time. So much to learn. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, could you do me a favor? It would be so cool if you shared the podcast with uh, somebody else that you know, right? You know, because there may be some listeners that haven't listened to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 yet. Hmm? What do you think? There's, they, they got podcasts they listen to, but they're not lis- listening to mine yet. And it would be so cool if you shared Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 with them and encouraged them to listen. Could you do that for me? Thanks so much. You're awesome. Enjoy the show. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Danielle Neufer is a teacher wellness coach and a fellow teacher, and she helps time crunch teachers find time for self-care. She works with teachers who love what they do uh, most of the time, but don't love how they feel some of the time. Teachers who want to find balance in all areas of their lives without leaving a profession that they love. Her specialty is supporting teachers in building their resilience by saying no to what isn't working and saying yes to the real and achievable possibility of balance both inside and outside of the classroom. This is done without focusing on what's wrong and instead focusing on what is. Building on your unique lived experience, school situation, and personal needs. She teaches you how to fill your own self-care and teacher wellness buckets through a variety of different tools and techniques through teacher wellness coaching, while also holding space for the real conversations and considerations that arise when we begin integrating these tools into our lives. Teacher wellness coaching is about learning how to prioritize and nourish yourself first and unlearning the message or messaging that says self-care is selfish. Danielle notes, We are all at different stages of this teaching well journey, but together I know we can teach well together because we are teaching well. Very cool. Danielle, welcome to uh, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12. Say hi to everybody. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's awesome to have you here, and uh, this is cool. We're going to be talking about your book, The Path of the Mindful Teacher, How to Choose Calm Over Chaos and Serenity Over Stress, One Step at a Time. Uh, But before we talk about that, could you mention why uh, you became a teacher wellness coach? Yeah, so um, I became a teacher wellness coach because of my own experiences of needing one and not having one. So I had two bouts of burnout in my teaching career. I'm going on 20 years of teaching and both were completely for different reasons. And through those experiences, I gathered lots of tools that helped me outside of the classroom. But I felt like once I figured out how to bring those tools into the classroom, I became even better than I was before as a teacher. So I wanted to save teachers lots of time. And I also wanted to get the message out there that 
our wellness is just as important, if not more in some cases than our content. Like we know content, um, we know how to teach, but if we are not um, okay, our students feel that impact. And uh, I think that's something that is, we think we can compartmentalize it, but I found that I couldn't. And once I uh, stopped trying to compartmentalize, I became a much better teacher. You know, that, that's so awesome because, you know, and just as a note, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things in this world, especially today, um, but it, the teacher, a teacher's world's kind of always been this way. It's just, I think, gotten a little bit uh, more focused on that uh, person in the classroom. And it's, and, uh, you know, there, I think a lot of times uh, many teachers, they're not going to reach out for help or think that they need help and, or they can handle it themselves. Um, and I think that's cool what, uh, you know, what made you step into this role. So, so let's talk, uh, what do you think is one of the greatest challenges that teachers face today that may create unhealthy situations for them? Well, I think in the last two years, we've been hearing this word resilience and I even use this word resilience a lot. And I think teachers by their very nature are resilient beings. I mean, we, we uh, create this amazing, these amazing things, classrooms, like from nothing. So we are resilient by nature. Um, but I think what I've seen is that we're staying in this perpetual state of, well, we just need to be resilient. We'll just keep relying on our resilience. And what I want to offer teachers and administrators is to start to think about how we can move beyond resilience because resilience is a tool that should be relied upon, you know, when needed. Um, we need to move into um, maybe some ease, maybe some equanimity, maybe some, you know, just okayness, <laughs> and then rely on the resilience when, uh, when it's needed. So, you know, some healing needs to, to happen after these last two years, we need to reimagine schools, all of these conversations need to happen, but we need to move beyond like just staying resilient. Like when I hear resilient, I think people are like, um, like clenching their fists and we're just like holding on but we can't hold on forever. We need to, to move to the other side and then rely on that resilience um, as it's needed. Awesome. So, so let's start looking at your book, The Path of the Mindful Teacher. What was your original inspiration for the book? Well, my original inspiration was my own journey. Um, and that is, again, why I became the teacher wellness coach. I wrote this book before COVID. So I wrote this book in 2018 because I wanted to put everything together that I had figured out, not just myself, but just in regard to, I, I had read a lot of books from professors and from scientists and from maybe mindfulness practitioners, but I hadn't read a book that was from a teacher's perspective about how to incorporate mindfulness in, into the classroom, not how to teach kids mindfulness, how to actually bring um, or embody mindfulness while you're teaching. Um, so I wanted to, to share that with, with teachers. That's cool. Very cool. I mean, and, and you know, and just as a note, I got to say this because a lot of people got an idea for a book in their mind, but you actually not only had an idea, you created the book, you finished the book and you published the book. How'd you do that? 
it took me a little bit to figure out how to do it. I was going to self-publish and then a friend of mine, I saw that he published a book and I was like, well, how did he do it? So I looked at who he published with and I said, well, the worst they can tell me is no. And they didn't. They said, yes, we'd love to publish a book. And I said, do you tell everybody that? And they said, no, we really love your idea. So I just, I went for it. I had, I, I wrote the book very quickly over a span of 30 days. Um, I, I challenged myself to do that. And then I didn't know what to do with it. And lo and behold, I, I reached out to this publisher. So I already kind of had the whole thing written out. It wasn't great, but it was done and out of my head. And uh, they said yes. And I said, wow, okay, great. And then here it is. <laughs> That's very cool. That's awesome. So, and, and kudos for finishing the book and publishing it. And uh, that's, that's, so, that's so awesome. So, all right. So let's take a look at, at, your, at your book. I mean, in the very beginning, you have this statement. No one saves us but ourselves. No one can and no one may. We ourselves must walk the path. And it gives credit to Buddha. Um, why'd you include this? Because that's, that's really the essence of how I live and how I want um, to empower teachers and how I help hope to empower teachers is that we do have so much more power than maybe we realize. And I think it has to start with each of us. We have to walk this path ourselves because if we want things to change in the education system, if we're not well, if we're not our best, like at the best place that we can be at that time, then we can't possibly make the changes that we truly want to see. So I'm not saying that everybody needs to, you know, meditate, whatever, like I'm, everybody has their own thing, but I do think that we all have personal responsibility and we also have, you know, we, we have more power than maybe we like to realize. And I want to encourage people to be seeing that they can make changes in their little piece of the world. Like we all can. I like that. That's, that is excellent. And uh, what's funny is it's like foreshadowing because when we get to my one of my last questions, it really fits well with that because, because <laughs> I think uh, in the classroom teachers, a lot of times we don't, we may not realize the power we have to kind of get control of whatever that world is that's driving us, whatever that part of the world is that's driving us nuts. And I think that's cool. It speaks to that. So very neat. Uh, um, just a note, you know, I used to skip everything in the front of books and uh, um, somewhere along the line in my dissertation not in my dissertation, in my doctorate level stuff, I started going, I need to read the beginning of these books, man. <laughs> so anyway, good stuff. Uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, uh, to, to, to kind of get you to talk a little bit about is, you know, you actually have in the very beginning of the book, you talk about what you mean by the path of the mindful teacher. So could you explain that just a little bit? Yeah. So the path of the mindful teacher is someone that is, knows that it's a journey right? Like we are all on this journey. It's not ever going to be perfect. The path is what I lay out in the book. And basically it's ongoing. Um, and it's where you're at right now. So I, that's what I want to really encourage people is, um, you know, when I first started this journey of bringing mindfulness into my classroom, I was in a really bad place. Like I did not know if I wanted to keep teaching, um, but I was able to bring some mindfulness practices, like just breathing, like intermittently throughout my day. Like it could be as simple as that. Um, 
that was part of me walking this path. And now, you know, 10 years later, it looks a little different, but I'm still walking the path. I'm, I'm showing up, um, in whatever season I'm in of school and whatever season I'm in, in my personal life. And it always will look different, but the path is still there. And that's the idea is that we're always able to, to start over. Um, if you're not having a great time with your students or you're, you start off on the wrong foot, you can begin again. Like that's the other beginning that I have in there. And in, in addition to the Buddha quote is simply begin again. Like that's all we can do. You know, I think that's, uh, it, it's just, uh, understanding what it is that you're talking about and so forth is, it's, um, very powerful because of what, uh, you know, as you get into your book and you, and you start discussing this and hey, this is, uh, this is good stuff, but especially, you know, it's funny. We're getting ready to, you know, in the U S we're getting ready to start lots of our school years. I mean, I have, um, some of the systems I work for, um, will begin, um, some point next week. And, uh, yes. So there are a lot of teachers right now that are going into this weekend, you know, uh, because of where we've come from in the last two years, you know, kind of, uh, you know, little anxiety and things like that. And I, I think uh, this is good, helpful information they're going to be hearing. So, uh, uh, you know, one of the things in the, in the beginning of your book, you talk about the four noble truths of teaching. Um, could you talk about this? Sure. So this, again, was borrowed um, from a, the Buddhist principles, although I've made it, you know, catered towards teaching and education. But the idea is, again, that personal autonomy. Um, the first noble truth is that teaching life is difficult. It's full of stress and demands. The second noble truth is that a lot of our stress comes from external factors. The third noble truth is that there's a way to lessen this stress. And the way is the fourth noble truth is what happens with us. So the way we lessen the stress and anxiety is not with what's happening outside of us, but what's happening within us and within our reactions and responses to that external um, stuff. So it, it's, again, trying to empower the educator to say, OK, I can't control so much of what's going on, but I can work with me and I can do things for myself and with myself and within my classroom. Um, and, you know, to be perfectly honest, I also, if I do all those things, might need to leave the profession if it's not the right fit. So, you know, I invite people to just, you know, I'm, I'm completely transparent with that in the book that, you know, you might realize that this isn't for you. And that's okay. That's again, just part of the path. So, but what I want is people to give themselves a chance. So this fourth noble truth is, you know, let's um, thrive by being mindful about how we respond to those external factors and then nurture our internal selves and then see what happens. Thanks for talking about that. I, I, I think that's cool. And by the way, I'm a former history teacher. And uh, as soon as I, I first read your book, I went, okay, I know where this comes from. <laughs> I thought that was cool. So, uh, uh, so anyway, I'm like, oh, I feel like I've uh, got different words, but the, a similar lesson going on here. So very neat. I, um, it, the first chapter is titled, Leave the Teacher's Mind, Find the Beginner's Mind. All right. So where are you going with that? 
So as teachers, we are, you know, the professional in our classroom. We are the expert. And what I'm asking teachers to do at the very beginning is to leave the misconceptions about what mindfulness is to the, to the side. I teach a mindfulness course for teachers and, you know, for the last five or six years, I've taught this course and still people are like, I just thought mindfulness was not for me. It was this, you know, they have all of these misconceptions and what I want people to do when they read this book is like, it's not what you think it is, or it probably is not what you think it is. It's a lot more open and um, all encompassing. And it's about a state of mind. Mindfulness is simply being aware of what's happening in the moment. It's not chanting or yoga or sitting for long periods of time in uncomfortable positions. Like, it's, it's not any of that. So what I want, what I want teachers to do is to just leave their teacher mind that they think they know it all and just invite a beginner's mind to this whole process. Excellent. And, uh, I think it fits really well. <laughs> so good stuff. I, you know, um, for the listeners, I'm not going to go through every chapter, but I am going to go through these beginnings and you need to get the book and you need to read the book and put it to mind, especially as you begin your school year, it's going to be great for that. So, uh, you know, um, in chapter two, you talk about self-care not being selfish. Why do you think people think that it is selfish to be focused on self-care? Well, I think teachers especially are such nurturing humans. This is just, by the, you wouldn't be a teacher more than likely if you weren't caring for other people or wanting other people to thrive. And I think for so many years, teachers, including myself, including many people that I work with um, or, and, you know, work with both as a teacher and wellness coach and as a teacher, you know, we thought it was good to sacrifice ourselves for our students. Like it was, you wear a, a busy badge. It was a badge of honor to stay late, to come in early. And what I want people to know is that we've been really misled with that. It can work and you might need to do that for a little bit, but when that becomes just the, the way that you live, it just will burn you out. And then we're no good for anybody. We're not good for our school. We're not good for our students. We're not good for our families. We're not good for our communities. So we have got to just stop thinking that self-care is selfish because it, it is so much the opposite and self-care is not the chocolates and the massage. And it's just, you know, taking time and saying, you know what, I am going to leave work at four today. I'm not going to answer emails at 10 PM. You know, that's self-care. Like those are the things that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, manicures and pedicures are fine, but that's, that's not where I'm, where I'm going with this. That's, that's cool. I mean, that's because a lot of times with teachers, that's, a, that's exactly what you're talking about is, is, uh, you know, there is a, there's been a badge of honor, or, or at least they feel that way. Or even if you see it as a martyr, <laughs> becoming a martyr that uh, mm -hmm. I spent all these hours in the building. And and even though that's, you know, kudos, because the principal in me is like, wait, Danielle, I, mean, I, I, I kind of like that badge of honor of uh, working the hours. But the, you know, and I, talking about the teachers doing that, you kind of like to see the teachers spending the time. But at the same time, sometimes you have to remind them, can you go home? Because you probably need to go. Do you have a home? You know, do you, and uh, um, or things like uh, you know, in in some of the systems in which I worked, uh, the administrators had to stay a couple days um, after school got out uh, 
for the the winter holidays for Christmas break and uh, and you know and it, and you'd uh, and usually it was just myself and the the custodians and then and then you always saw like four or five teachers in the building and I'd say to them don't you have <laughs> don't you want to go celebrate or something I said, you know, yeah 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 but I gotta get a couple things done and I figure I gotta get it done and anyway it's just funny I I this is spot on so uh, you know. One of the things that uh, I, I got to say is I love the formatting of the book. At the end of each chapter, you have the following. Questions to ponder on the path, step into action, featured five-minute practice, and supplemental resources. And it's neat because especially those questions make, you know, give you a, the ability to, re, you know, to think about what, you're, what you just read. Um, why'd you do this? Why'd you include this? Because I'm a teacher. Nice. <laughs> because I thought I have, I have to set this up as like a teacher would. So I, I started with the objectives and then the questions match the objectives. Like I needed to make sure I did a shout out to my roots, which was absolutely being a teacher. <laughs> I love that answer. And most definitely, yes, it is definitely being a teacher because it goes, Oh, you know, I can hear the, the, the kid in one of my classes going, oh, what we have to, answer questions <laughs> anyway but uh, i love it it's cool because it it makes you rethink what you just read and then and think about putting it into use in in your world so good stuff uh you know one of the um the things i got to bring up is section two is excellent the teacher's classroom this this begins with chapter three respond rather than react i need you to, to i really got as i'm you know we're getting closer to the end and one i gotta get you to um to explain that to them so what I found when I started using mindfulness practices with myself is that it was a classroom management tool that I had never been taught. Um, when I was in college and maybe somebody taught this for me. So if you were my classroom management professor, I apologize, but I don't remember ever being taught that classroom management started with the way that I showed up presently. It was, I always thought of it as how I, can control my students. And once I realized that it was about the way that I was responding to student behavior instead of reacting off the cuff without thinking, um, just to control, like, you know, just putting out fires here and there. Um, that's the way I showed up with classroom management before, but, but once I, again, started, and this book takes you through the process of, identifying your emotions and then looking at what's my script when I have like the feeling in me that's like bubbling up in my stomach or my heart starting to beat faster. Like, what is that about? And when I was a new teacher, I would think it was the kid's fault. Like my heart's beating fast because he is doing X, Y, and Z. And what I realized is I was reacting to student behavior because I thought I have a, a script that says, he should be in his seat, paying attention, like all of these things. And I was trying to control. And instead, I needed to respond to his behavior in a different way. Um, once I felt my heart racing, you know, cue into that. And, and that that's kind of the, the one of the like most profound practices I can teach a teacher is to start really identifying with the emotions that they're feeling inside when those things come up and then what's going on? Like, what's the story we're telling ourselves? What's the script that's behind that? And that is classroom management in a completely different way, but it is so powerful when you can get to that spot. 
That is very powerful. And that's what I think is so cool about this because you're, you're kind of getting to the heart of something that I, um, I, I've always done. And in my, in my role that I, I serve now in education, um, I, one of the things that I get called upon from time to time is to help teachers with classroom management. And I'm like, oh, dude, I know what this is. This is awesome. <laughs> and, and you're right. A lot of times people don't get taught these things and, and you just hit, I mean, it, it, there it is right there. And, uh, um, that's awesome. I, I love this, this whole section where it gets into. And with my next question, which chapter five is in section two. And, you know, in here, you talk about creating a safe container and you talk about procedures and things. You gotta, you gotta talk about this. Yeah. So, so that's the whole way that students learn is if they're in feeling safe, like safety is, you know, at the bottom of the hierarchy of needs, we need, they need to feel safe in order to truly learn. And we need to create a safe container in our classroom for all the students. So in the, and, and again, I think I, I tell a story in there about like, I always did the community building activities and I always did those things and thought they were fun and great. And I learned their names. Um, but when I really started to delve more deeply into mindfulness practices, I started to realize like these were real connections that I was making. It was very purposeful. And I think most teachers probably do a lot of these things and they are trying to create a safe container. This book just is telling you or, or suggesting or giving you the language to make it more intentional. Like I needed to make it more intentional. I'll speak for myself. Like I was doing those things, but it wasn't I wasn't building on them. Um, creating a safe container was um, allowing students to feel predictable. There was a rhythm. There was a routine. Um, so again, I'm sure most teachers that you talk to do these things. But when you look at the book and you and you take yourself through this whole path, you realize that this is just one step. Um, creating the safe container, building this community is one step on this path as you as you work through. Um, the steps. Great stuff and uh, great explanation of it. Um, and the teachers really want to read this this section a couple of times because it'll be very helpful. Uh, um, Danielle, before we close, could you let everyone know where they could connect and learn more and maybe even mention about engaging you as a speaker? Sure. So the best place to engage with me or to connect with me is teachingwell.life, which is my website. And you could, or you could email me Danielle at teachingwell.life. So check that out. That will give you all the ways to connect with me. Um, I would love to uh, talk about, you know, any way to bring the mindful teacher information to school districts or anything like that, or the teacher wellness coaching component. Um, I do speaking, professional development, workshops, courses, all of it. Excellent. Excellent. And so I'll make sure that, that information is in the show notes so that people can find that easily and uh, encourage them to do that. And, uh, um, you know, when I, I do my show notes nicely. So if you're looking on your mobile phone, listening on your mobile phone, it pops right up in there too. So, which is cool. So good stuff. I, and, uh, um, this is an awesome topic and this would be great to have, uh, um, you talking to the staff about that. So good stuff. Uh, you know, so I got two questions to ask, to ask you here as we finish up, Danielle, um, the first, and they have nothing to do with your book or anything else. So I just want to ask you these questions. And first one goes like this, and this is where I'm kind of like deja vu. We're kind of in the same world together. If you have so much going on that you become overwhelmed, how do you overcome the desire to quit? <laughs> 
So me personally, what I do is first things first and try to weed out all the noise and get down to exactly what is actually important. As a teacher, it never all gets done. And it took me many years to be okay with that and to sleep at night. So again, first things first and asking myself, how important is this thing that I'm really getting hung up about? So being really honest about that, like, why am I doing X, Y, or Z? Or why am I getting upset about X, Y, or Z not being done? So first things first, how important is it? And, um, you know, maybe just make the smallest step towards finishing something um, that seems insurmountable. Excellent, excellent thoughts, excellent advice. And there are lots of people who could use that, that thought about overcoming things and so forth. So thank you. Uh, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, so my teacher that always sticks with me, I had a lot of really good teachers, but the one that sticks with me was, uh, her name was Miss, Miss Sell, and she was my creative writing teacher when I was in high school and she introduced me to just the power of writing and journaling and that she's really the reason why I became an English teacher is because I found from her school wasn't just about school. It was about exploring more about who I was. She cared about who I was. And like, I think that's what I tried to tried to bring to my students is like, I actually care about them as a human. And I knew she cared about me in that way. That is excellent. So cool. Um, Danielle, it, it was awesome talking with you today. Your book, The Path of the Mindful Teacher, How to Choose Calm Over Chaos and Serenity Over Stress, One Step at a Time, is thought-provoking, it's practical, and it's encouraging. Thank you so much for sharing today, and I wish the best in all you do. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful start of your school year. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.